Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. And Daniel. Hey, damn guys. Hey. It's comic time. Hey. Welcome back, Danielle. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm back. Danielle. Danielle's back. This is our book club podcast. We're reading comics, and we're talking to our friends, and Danielle's back to tell you all about it. Uh, none of you sent in one of these? Nobody. Really? No. Nobody. Yeah. Ugh. Decker was the first one, and then Julian Zamo is second. Well, who's going to be the third who's is gonna what be I want to know, because... I'm well jack of it. First, we're gonna we're gonna read something, and you're gonna read it. We'll tell you what we're gonna read, and you also read it, and then we're gonna talk about what we read, and you'll listen to us talking about what we read, and then you'll talk about what we talked about, and we talked about what we read, and then we'll talk about what you talked about when you talked about us talking about what we read. You sent us to Hey Damn Guys, and then we'll read it, and we'll talk about it. Or you can send us a voice recording. We also like that. Yeah, we do like that. And then that's a book club, mm-hmm. and that's friendship. Back to you, John. Yay! Very Yay. good, man. You're you're getting back, back into, into the groove. Yeah, back into yeah. the groove. Back into your training weight. Mm. <laughs> I have some shouts outs for this week. Shouts out. Shouts out. Yes. That's right. Yeah, we're back this week, and I just want to shout out our guest host from last week. Shout out! Um, last week we had Ross Radke and Chris Egan come on and chat with us for quite a while about comics and media and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. Did you check out that episode, Danielle? Uh, <laughs> I meant to. I meant yeah. to. I'll get to it Okay. Soon, you I'm should sure. check that out. It was I, a good listen. Okay. It was a good listen. We had a lot of fun with them. So thank you so much, guys. They came in literally at the, at the last minute to help us out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you guys for showing up. That was, that was a lot, a lot of, of fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And yet I've noticed that neither one of them has sent in a tell you all about it. Okay. <laughs> they oh, did. But, Slack but they team. did tag team it last time. Well, that's yes, good. That yes. is good. It was good. Okay. It was a good time. That's good. Listen to it. I do want to listen to that. Enjoy that it. does sound like that would be great. Yeah, so I'll link their uh, respective links in the show mm. notes. Ross Radke, he's got all his art going on. Respectfully, John. <clears throat> and Chris Egan has his articles on Multiversity that you can check out. So, yeah. I'd love to check those out. All right. I'll do it right now instead of recording this podcast. No, wait. Do oh. it after. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, first listen to I'll that episode after. Okay. after you record this That's one. a lot. Let me write this down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. From the feedback. Yeah. All right. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. And it's a book club. Get out. We heard from Alex Kopech. Alex Kopech. Book club member. Yes. He said, I had a huge smile on my face when you mentioned that you officially wanted my opinion for a Galactus fan cast. Yeah. Super exciting. Unfortunately, I couldn't narrow down my decision to one choice. Okay. First, for a more well-known actor, I choose Javier Bardem. Mm. His performance from No Country for Old Men was truly captivating. He has a very commanding presence and a low and unsuspecting voice that makes you want to listen. Does anybody know him from anything else? Because that's the only time I ever hear his name mentioned. Well, he was in Dune, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. That's yeah, what I'm saying he to Dune. you. Yeah. He was in He was in uh, one of the James Bond movies. Yeah, that's, that's right. what I'm Greg. saying. Yeah. My second choice is Christopher Judge. He has played Teal'c in Stargate. Mm. But his most famous role is his performance capture of Kratos from the new God of War games. Okay. Alex said, his voice is out of this world, pun intended. Uh-huh. I can just hear him being the devourer of planets. 
I wish I could put into words how good his performance is in those games. I highly recommend watching a trailer or a couple of cutscenes of the game to really understand why I choose him. Mm. I'll put in a little clip of him right here. You can check it out. I'm a god boy. From another land far from here. When I came to these shores, I chose to live as a man. But the truth is... I was born a god. And so were you. A uh, practical reason for this voice is because he already has experience in performance capture and wouldn't need to be trained for it since I assume they'll shoot it in the same way they did Josh Brolin for Thanos. <laughs> Uh, although what if he... it's animated? He's just doing voice acting. He could probably still do it. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Either way, either way. He says, although he is my choice for Apocalypse as well, that might be a bit conflicting. Right. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed these and have a great time with Silver Surfer off using my powers of cosmic to fan cast the universe, Amazing. Alex. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Thanks, Jeffrey right, but that was good. Yes, and uh, over on the Hellboy Book Club last month, he had recommended Ben McKenzie for the lobster. Mm. And he said, P.S. Ben McKenzie can definitely play unhinged, Danielle. He is the one to make Nazis wet their beds. Right on. There you go. <laughs> I feel like he's an expert. We're talking to an expert. Hey, here. absolutely. I've 100, 100%. All right. Y'all, we got a hey damn guys from Robert Newnham. Robert Newnham. Rob Book Club member. That's right. Happy New Year, you damn guys. Sorry for that, Danielle, but you made it very tempting. Uh, I'm afraid I still don't have Hellboy in love. The comicsology prices are being stubborn. But I did grab Hellboy and the BPRD, The Secret of Chesbro House and mm, others, okay. which was fun. Also, I now have Batman Beyond and Justice League Season 1 on Blu-ray. The Ooh. let's incapacitate Superman so he doesn't get in the way season. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, so what else are you going to do with Professor X him? They Professor X him. Yeah, I mean, you have to. I agree season two is definitely the stronger of the two, but I do have a soft spot for season one. I didn't have Cartoon Network growing up, so the only episodes I had access to were Secret Origins, Injustice for All, and The Brave and the Bold. Mm. I have pretty much the entire DC animated universe now, though I'm planning on upgrading to the Blu-ray versions of Batman, the animated series, and Superman, the animated Ooh, series. Those would be nice uh -huh. to get on Blu-ray. Static Shock yep. and the Zeta Project might have been the most annoying to get a hold of. <laughs> They're only available as manufacturer-on-demand DVD releases of the individual seasons. If you don't know what the Zeta Project is, a lot of people don't, it's a spin-off taking place in the same future as Batman Beyond. That sounds cool. Oh, wow, okay. Which it crosses I, I, over with a few times. I, I did know that, but I have never seen them or that one or the Static Shock So they do, like, they do like crossovers and stuff, that's Neat. cool. A government infiltration robot decides he doesn't want to kill people anymore and goes on the run. One of the NSA agents pursuing him is called Agent West, has red hair, and is voiced by Michael Rosenbaum. Wow. Oh, wow. Could he perhaps be related to someone we know? Naturally, I've backed up the discs and put the episodes in production order. Hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying that. <laughs> ah, well. <laughs> They'd have to find me first. Hope you're all doing well. Enjoy Silver Surfer. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate awesome. that. Wow, Robert Newnham. I can't believe he's right here. Yeah, he was. Sitting next to us. He was right here. He still is, and he's apparently going to say more things, aren't you, Robert? Yes, he is, because we have an audio message from Robert. Or, I mean, he's going to talk sitting right here. now. John, here I told he goes. you he's sitting here. <laughs> here he goes. Hey, you damn guys. Sorry I wasn't able to manage one of these last month. John, I heard your psychic vibes. 
but I was busy fighting the Shadow King in the astral plane. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where he's disappeared to now. He did say something about exacting vengeance on Benny Decker, <laughs> but I'm sure it's nothing to worry about. Oh, no. So, good news. I now have Hellboy in Love, as well as Hellboy in the BPRD 1957. Nice. When I've read those, I can finally listen to the last two Hellboy Book Club episodes. And I'll be ahead of you by three trades. So that takes the pressure off a bit. <laughs> Lately, I've been playing Echo, which is a sci-fi game with a focus on stealth, with a bit of a puzzle element. Where using any given skill will cause all the enemies to learn that skill. And if you stop using it, so will they. Huh, interesting. Sadly, it's an example of an indie developer that had the budget to make one game, it didn't sell well enough, and that was the end of them. Jeez. I'm cancelling my Disney Plus subscription at the end of this month, and in the meantime, watching anything on there that I still want to watch. At the moment, I'm on season three of the 90s X-Men animated series. Mm -mm. Nice. If you have any recommendations, let me know. When I'm done with Disney+, Plus, I'll be starting Batman Beyond in glorious HD. <laughs> By the way, Mark Tweedale recommended Drops of God, which I haven't watched or read, but there is a Humble Bundle at the moment that includes volumes 1 to 44, if you're interested. Enjoy Silver Surfer. See you next week. Awesome. Thank you, Robert. Bye, Robert. He's leaving the room. Oh, he's Bye, leaving Robert. Bye, Robert. Yes. Bye. Thanks so much, Robert. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're able to catch up on our Hellboy podcast. Hopefully we get some listener feedback from you over there. And as far as recommendations on Disney+, Plus, I think like... You like the Muppets. I, I like all the Muppets stuff. Yeah. Um, I like Muppets Most Wanted. Was that the latest one that just came out? Or no, no, no. Muppets no. Most Wanted was... Um, no, I'm talking about the Dr. Teeth show. You're talking about the Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem show. Yeah, what was that called? I don't know. The Muppets Mayhem. Ah, the There Muppets you go. The Mayhem. Muppets Mayhem, yeah. Um, I recommend that. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was a nature program about a bird enthusiast. Oh, yeah. Bird adventurer would be a great name for that, though. I currently don't have any Disney Plus recommendations because we're on just we're just on other streaming services right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing I will recommend, as always, is The Simpsons, which is all of it streaming on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. All The Simpsons is on there. Um, Extraordinary Birder. That's Extraordinary that show. Birder. Yeah, I like that show. There's only one season of it, and it's Bird pretty good. Bird Adventure. I thought it was called Bird Adventure. Um, and then I, I think I talked about this before, but I like all the making of stuff. If you like the Marvel, oh, yeah. if you like the I, Marvel I like movies, too. if you like the Star Wars stuff, they always have like a making of behind the scenes. It's called stuff. like Marvel Assembled or something like yeah. that. I love watching all that stuff. I think it's so interesting. There's plenty of stuff to watch on there. Hope that you. Uh, Get your money's worth before the end of the month. I Go. do like all those behind-the-scenes stuff to, on Disney+, Plus because it's almost like the DVD feature that we kind of lost in the streaming age. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, because you don't really get that stuff anymore. Unless you buy yeah. the physical thing, yeah. All right. We also heard from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book club member. Yes. Drew said, I love Bjork and Medulla. Yeah. He said, that's one of my favorite albums ever. My 11-year-old daughter is a huge fan of Where is the Line. Yeah. That album also introduced me to Dakaka, a really fun Japanese all-vocal artist. Fun. That's the guy. I think he does all the sound effects for Triumph of the Heart. It's a good one. Um, which is the last song on there I really like. I actually listened to that whole album recently, yeah. and I was like, wow. It's just, God, it's so good. It is. He also said, I had Web of Word crash on me a few times as well. 
And even if it starts you back at the same save point, you lose all your power-ups, which can sometimes make it almost impossible to complete the run. Mm. Still, I persevered and finally got the Platinum Trophy last week. The last couple of trophies were pretty tough to get, but overall, I loved the game. I like how I like how everyone's review seems to be. I managed to finish this game despite its best efforts <laughs> to prevent me from finishing the, the game. I mean, I haven't really had any other issues other than like I get lost in the game sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's like that's something that happens to me no matter what game I'm playing. Sure. You know, because yeah. I just have a terrible. That happens sense to of you direction. in real life. That happens to me in real life. So you um, you put on the the GPS to go to the fucking grocery yeah. store, which is like <laughs> three minutes away. Even though you've been there, I don't even know how many thousands of times. I got to make sure. Story. I got to make sure I'm going the right way. Oh my gosh! Well, I, I'm actually kind of wondering uh, which uh, platform they're playing on. Is it like oh, computer, right. PlayStation, or something? Because you're playing on the Switch, right, John? Yeah, I haven't had any issues on the Switch. Um, yeah, in, I got, in terms I got, of like gameplay, I got it for the Switch, whatever. But I haven't really got that far into it. You know, um, I also saw they're going to be coming out with a physical release of it in March. And, I saw that. And there's going to be like special edition versions. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to get the Switch one. It looks cool. So anyway. Is the special thing about it that it doesn't crash? Yes. Probably. That's the special edition. Well, I'm wondering, one that like, crash. I'm wondering if the if there'd be a difference with the like if it runs better, you know, on I don't a know. cartridge versus I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway. He also said I prefer physical media though, like yeah, in general. Yeah, physical media is great. Just with anything. Drew also said we just watched the We Are the World documentary, too. And, man, I have a new respect for that song. I never thought of how difficult it must be to get all those artists together. We were kind of talking about it's this last week. Fascinating! It's fascinating. Um, we watched... There's something on YouTube that's like 10 minutes long. It's like 18 minutes. Of it just is 18 the, minutes? It's just like the raw rehearsal yeah, footage. Yeah, but it's just them going around and... Oh, we just, we love it. We it's, love watching it. It's, it's really interesting. I, I love when it gets to... There's... There's two parts especially that I love. Okay. The first part that I love is when they get, every single time they get to Tina Turner and Billy Joel, they are fucking on. They, they hit just, it. They hit it every, every time, like consistent, and they are just in and out, and it's amazing. And then the second thing I love is when it gets to. <laughs> There's a three person run. It's so good. It's Kenny Loggins and Steve Perry and daryl hall yeah. and it's just boom 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 and yeah. they those are my boys <laughs> those are my boys they just hit it and they're on every fucking time they're giving it their all and then the rest of it is just people being like there's one guy that's just way too fucking drunk to even be in that room right, and it yeah. is so embarrassing and then you know people who are like trying to find the note they're helping each other find the note and that's mm -hmm. really fascinating and then you've got poor huey lewis like He's doing his best, man. Oh yeah, well, okay. So um, I talked about this a little He's bit in this last room week. With all these singers, he's just Huey. Yeah. On what do you see? What do you say? The documentary on Netflix. It's called The Greatest Night in Pop. Yeah. And I said I wanted to save that discussion because I wanted to. I wanted. Obviously, I knew that you wanted to talk about it too. Yeah. But one of the things that I thought was interesting that I didn't know. So there are like oh yeah there was it, stuff it, that was revealed that we didn't know it, it, in the last couple of years. I'm kind of going along the a long way around to address the Huey Lewis thing, but. No, please. In the last couple of years, I've seen some memes on social media about We Are the World, you know, and really, one, and and one of them was people were pointing out like that Michael Jackson and some of the other artists like they look pissed at Huey Lewis because he's messing up and he's goofing around, but what they reveal in the documentary was that Prince was supposed to be right there <laughs> in that Prince. spot, and Prince didn't show up, so then. They just grabbed Huey Lewis and they said, "We want you to do this part." And it and so 
And what? he's right after some of the greatest he's right vocal after, artists he's, on the yeah. face of the planet. Like, like I just said, this, this, these three, these three boys, my three boys, right in a row. And then you've got this guy. Yeah. And he's no Huey Lewis is great. First of all, I just want to say he's great. He's doing his best, and he's he's doing great. But like, there's nothing too ostentatious about his singing style. You know, he's just kind of a simple man right, right. singing about a simple theme, and <laughs> I appreciate that and I respect it. But well, they yeah, have him is, he... doing this like. V- vocal melody he should not well be it's doing. a part that was written for prince yes. to sing who has a much higher register than he does yeah you know so so that kind of made me think about things differently because it wasn't that he was fucking around no, it was that they not. threw him into a situation where he didn't know what he was doing he had not prepared for it he didn't know that he was going to be was doing, doing a great yeah. job i think he was trying um, his best and, and doing he a great did do job. A he job. did do a great he, job he, he got there job. and they helped him and it was cool that they were all helping him but another thing that i've seen on social media is there's a gif of bob dylan where it looks like he doesn't give a shit to me that always read <laughs> as he is so fucking high or i just thought he was right. high as yeah. shit but when you watch the documentary they don't want to do harmonies. So they're like, if you can't sing this part, just drop out. Don't sing it, yeah. And so that's what's happening is he's he's not they singing. They told him not to. They told, the, and a bunch of other people, yeah. it's not just him. It wasn't just him. But the camera focuses on him for a second. Yeah. And he's like not singing that part, but he's kind of mouthing the words because he's trying to like yeah. stay with it. You know what I mean? For the part that he's not singing. He's but then, still working. They told him not to do that. But t- that gift taken out of context. Is bad, yeah. It looks like, oh, everyone's like, oh, look, Bob doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Well, they like, revealed later that it's like, I didn't know this part either as like he's trying to sit. They told him to sing this one part and he's like i don't know what to do. i'm not that kind of singer i don't yeah. know what to do here and so they got like stevie wonder yeah. to come over there and help him out and play like a jazz version of That's it on really the piano cool, yeah. and that the whole part was like this is musician it was really cool yeah. working on this is so fascinating one thing that i also <laughs> didn't know is that because i didn't know anything about this like the backstory of it is that lionel richie and all these other people are like He's hosting this fucking award ceremony and winning all these awards and all these people are there at this award ceremony. And then immediately after that, they all go to do this song. Right. So it's it's like seven or eight in the morning by the time they're done. Yes. And they've been up all day and all night doing this award ceremony and then doing this song. And then like, what's his name had been on fucking tour as Bruce well. Bruce Springsteen yeah. had just gotten back from the tour. The boss. So yeah. And like his voice was like going out and all this stuff, but they all, anyway, it's just, it's just a it's cool. weird look into like... What a weird thing to have all these people in the same room at the same time. Yeah. What the fuck is happening right it was now? Cool. It's like, like, like Diana Ross and Cindy Lauper and like what is this? It was just it's just weird and cool. Yeah, and I definitely recommend you check that out. Yeah. Uh, I definitely recommend you check out that 18 minute like rehearsal footage. That is really fun. It's really fun to watch that. Drew also said, um, regarding our discussion with Ross last week, he said, you guys are totally speaking my language. I'm a hopeless completionist when it comes to all types of media. Mm. I've always been a full album listener, and over the last 10 years or so, I've gotten to the point where if I start listening to something, I listen to the entire discography Mm -hmm. from start to current. Yeah. And I'll listen to each release on repeat for a while while reading the liner notes, lyrics, and the Wikipedia article, and then all the references at the end of the article. More context is always... An enriching experience yeah. for sure. I, I do I do like that. So now it takes me a long time to get through stuff and I'm way behind on listening to current releases, but I gotta get the context, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with comics. Like Ross said, if I read something, I'm gonna read the whole thing. Same with movies and shows. I never stop watching a movie partway through. That includes the credits. I'll sit there until the lights in the theater come up. One of the things I love the most about Marvel movies is that they kind of force people to stay through the credits and see the post credit scenes. 
And if I watch a show, I watch the whole thing regardless of changes in quality. For example, I was interested in watching Picard, but I hadn't watched Star Trek in years, so I thought I'll watch Next Generation to prepare. Then I decided I might as well go back and watch the original series and the movies as well. Then I found a watch order for the entire franchise and ended up, ended up deciding to watch all of Star Trek. After a few years, I'm currently towards the end of Deep Space Nine and the middle of Voyager, slowly making my way through. Jeez. <laughs> You want to watch? Okay. We started watching Star Trek at season one, right? Remember, we watched like a little bit of it. I used and... to watch that with uh, my daddy. For yeah, sure. yeah. And so we love, we loved watching. We watched that. a couple episodes of that. Yeah, but I'm not well, going to watch uh, all of it. <laughs> when um, when the Star Trek shows were put on Netflix years and years ago, I started watching Enterprise and Voyager and Deep Space Nine all at the same time, and I had to drop two of them because it just got confusing in my brain. <laughs> But then it still took me a while, and then it took me a while to get through Enterprise. Uh, but then Kathy came in and sat down and watched one episode with me in the season one. She's like, "Well, we're we gonna watch the next episode," and then we flew through it. And then when the pandemic hit, I watched. I finished Voyager, and then uh, the like the second year into the pandemic, I started watching the movies again because I love the movies. And then I was like, I wasn't ready to finish watching Star Trek, so I watched all of D- DS9. So I have actually watched all of the 90s Star Trek now. Right, I know. You were working your way through all that stuff recently. Yeah. I love Star Trek. It's just so much fun and dorky. Yeah. <laughs> um, Drew said, my preferred way to listen to music is CDs, and I've got a pretty sizable collection, but I often drive for work, and there's no CD player in the work truck. So I have my entire collection digitized, and what I do is I just shuffle the whole collection. Like Ross said, you can get some pretty hilarious transitions, like going from brutal death metal straight into a recording of my kids singing the alphabet. <laughs> um, That's awesome. For what it's worth, I use a service called iBroadcast to host my music. It's free, though there are paid levels, and there's no ads, no restrictions or on skipping around, and as far as I know, there's no limit to the number of tracks you can upload. It's essentially like having your entire music collection saved on your phone to listen to however you please without taking up all your storage space. I'm going to need to do that. Man, okay. I have so much stuff that uh, I've been burning. I do have a CD player in my car, and I've been going through and burning all this stuff to CD that's not on iTunes, because I have so much music that's not on streaming, and it makes me so angry that I can't listen to it in the car. Anyway, we talked about manga a lot last week, manga. Mm-hmm. He said, I keep saying manga. Yeah, you do keep you say, saying manga. Do you it's say manga or manga? Manga or manga. We're still probably not saying it right <laughs> anyway. Um, he said, I've never been a big manga reader. I've read a few things. I tend to gravitate more towards feudal Japan samurai period pieces than the batshit crazy sci-fi demon stuff. Mm. Blade of the Immortal. I like batshit crazy sci-fi demon yeah, stuff I think myself. That's the most I think they're like. both good. Can we? Yeah. Why not both? Why not both? He said, Blade of the Immortal was the first one I read. Yes, I read from start to finish, and it's so good. Another one that I love is Vagabond by... And then he, the names here, and Drew was kind enough to include the pronunciation corner ah i love that i love pronunciation corner Tikihiko inoue there we go vagabond by Tikihiko inoue thank you for that drew it's a much more grounded story based on the life of miyamoto musashi a renowned swordsman and philosopher who wrote the book of five rings the art is incredible mostly black and white line work but each chapter starts with a few pages of watercolor sadly it's been on hiatus for almost 10 years now and he never finished it I own all of Lone Wolf and Cub, but I haven't read it yet. And I've been eyeing that Akira box set for years, but haven't taken the plunge yet. Everyone's talking about that Akira box set. I would love it. Yeah, thank you, Drew. I really appreciate all that. Uh, Great hearing from you. We also heard from Andrew Craddock. Andrew Craddock. Book club member. Yes. 
He said, your your shop ain't cool like mine. Pretty cool seeing this beauty every time I visit. Thought I'd share as you are about to finish the run. I really enjoyed reading this series along with you. You damn guys rock. Keep it up. So check this out. This is in his comic shop. Oh, wow. Look at that. It's a giant silver surfer. That's pretty rad. It even looks like they have a photo of Stan Lee, or I guess maybe Stan Lee visited there and signed it. That's dope. Um, that's awesome. I think at Bedrock, they have like a giant Iron Man, or is it like an Iron Man? Or I, I think they have a Wonder about. Woman, too, there. Yeah, I'll have to take a picture next time I'm there. But I wish we had the Silver Surfer. Hayden Orr said, the comic shop I usually go to has the Silver Surfer statue just like this one. Last time I went, they had a Santa hat on him. Nice. And TJ Brown said, I want that thing so bad. I look at it longingly every time we're there. I think TJ is um, Hayden's co-host on Last Book on the Shelf. Check out their podcast. I guess they go to the same comic shop. Really cool. All right. We also heard from Mark Tweedell. Mark Tweedell. Book club member. Yes. On the topic of manga, Humble Bundle has a great deal at the moment. This is the one that Robert Noonan mentioned. It has all 44 volumes of Drops of God. That was the series that Mark Tweedell recommended. He also said it also has Witch Hat Altier, which is a series I adore. My manga collection is pretty limited, though I do have all of Full Metal Alchemist and all the Junji Ito books. But I mostly buy digitally to deal with storage issues and keep costs down. That said, I need to get the physical edition of Satoshi Khan's Opus. That book is so good. And Mark also just got the Akira box set as well. Really cool. Nice. Thanks for sharing that, Mark. So I'll link the I'll put the link for that humble bundle in the show notes if y'all want to check that out. That's a good deal. Thanks for all the feedback, you guys. Thanks, guys. And now we can go on to our next segment. What do you see? What do you say? Yeah. What are you seeing and what are you saying? What are we seeing and saying, John? Well, we already talked about The Greatest Night in Pop, <laughs> but I really liked that. Uh, yeah. I, th- I highly recommend that. I watched a weird movie. What movie did you watch, John? I watched this David Cronenberg movie called Crimes of the Future. Oh, man. See, here's the thing is like, I would love to watch that, but I know that I probably couldn't handle it. You wouldn't like it. So, <laughs> You know what I mean? You wouldn't like it. I wasn't sure if I liked it. It was so mm-hmm. weird, and and so it's got um. I love. Can I just say I love the spirit in which it was created. Sure, yes. I yeah. ho- wholly approve of that. I just probably can't watch it. Well, and and it's not my fault. And and I also love that spirit too. That's why I decided to put it I know, on. It's probably great. And then when I started watching it, I was like, man, this is so weird. I don't know if I'm gonna like this, but I kept watching it. You, have you know to, what I yeah. mean? <laughs> and it's like at a certain point, you're like, I don't even know if I'm enjoying this, but like, no, you're I not can't supposed to. Stop no. watching it. As art, I approve that it exists. Yes. Good. So um, it's but got. I won't watch it. It's got Vigo Mortensen, Leia Seydoux, Kristen Stewart, yeah. and Scott Speedman. Mm-hmm. Um, who we haven't seen oh. in quite a while. And they all did a great job in their oh, yeah. respective roles. Viggo Mortensen is doing some really weird stuff, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of really weird imagery. There's some weird props in there, some practical props. Viggo Mortensen is doing some really weird stuff. Um, his, performance is, yeah, his performance is pretty interesting, but it's like he's making a lot of mouth sounds mm. that you would not find, oh, no. that you would not enjoy. Probably so not. So there you go. Yeah, It seems like Cronenberg's... Main goal is to make you as deeply uncomfortable as possible, yeah. just as unsettled as you can be. So there's um there's a lot of like surgery horror, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Oh, um, oh man. It was just it was interesting. I don't know. I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, like 
afterwards, like I then I got on the internet and started reading about it, and I'm like, what does it mean, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, and, and people's interpretations of it. So anyway, I approve of the existence of this. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I just probably won't watch it. Yeah, I appreciate that it is that it should exist. I just don't. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I've also been watching True Detective Season 4. Jodie Foster is back being... Uh, she's back, baby. She's back being a detective. And uh, like I'm enjoying just, it. I like how she's just a dumb bitch. She's such a bitch. <laughs> she and it's kind great. Of, she kind of is, it's yeah. It's great. I love it. It's fun. Um, I'm enjoying it. I don't know. I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. Um, it's set in the Arctic, and it looks so cold. Like, some of these sets, like... You know, there'll just be well, there's this, no daytime. There's no right daytime. Now. And there'll just be these shots of like a vehicle going through the snow and yeah. it's just like I don't know. It's it's people walking around. It's in the very snow. cool. Uh, it's very cool. Ah, oh, pun intended. Mm, but it, okay. it was good. Yeah, I'm enjoying that. Well, I also watched something weird. I watched Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Finally got to see that all the way through. Oh nice. Okay. You know, in classic Weird Al style, it's a parody of biopic films. So, you know, it, it definitely chronicles, chronicles his beginnings, his relationship with Madonna, how they took out Pablo Escobar, and she took over the international drug trade. Um, <laughs> it, it's just really good. Uh, but Weird Al, I was reading about it. Weird Al said that like, he got the idea to do the movie when he was watching Bohemian Rhapsody. And they purposely changed things or, you know, had things that didn't Nothing about that, that movie is real. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's yeah. just made up. Like, and why so would you even do like, it? He's all like, why would they do that? And then he's like, well, I'm going to do that to the extreme. Might as well, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. And, you know, it's funny. Daniel Radcliffe was really good. Evan Rachel Wood was really good. Uh, Rain Wilson's great. I mean, and then there's just, like, cameos from so many people playing other famous people. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I need to uh, check that out. I heard that it's gotten like really good reviews, and um, I think it got nominated for a couple awards even. Yeah, it won it, it won a couple of Emmys, uh, so there's that. But it's free on uh, if you have the if you have a Roku, it's free on the Roku channel with with commercials. So I'm watching that because I don't watch commercials. commercials. Then you can also buy a digital copy. Oh, okay. okay, there you go. Uh, we also watched that movie X from 2022. Oh, okay, yes, um, that was interesting. Yeah, that, uh, that was kind of weird, right? What did you think of that? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I enjoyed it. Don't think I'll ever watch it a second time. Sure, yeah. Did you guys watch Pearl? No, we haven't watched that one yet. Okay, I would recommend seeing that. I, li I like that one better. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. And then uh, I finished my journey to the Dark Tower. This ah, week. really so, cool. How many books is that? There's eight books in the Dark Tower series, but I threw in Salem's Lot, so it was like nine, and a couple of short stories, so it was a little bit longer. <laughs> so basically ten books. Yeah, basically. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. How was it this time? Any new revelations? Anything that... Uh... Oh, yeah. I mean, going through it the second time, it's just like, okay, you know, and then it's just like, it, I can't really say much without spoiling the ending. Right. But it's like, Knowing how the the series ends when you start it the second time, it's like, hmm, interesting. Okay, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Danielle? I watched Heat. I got to tell you, those guys are boyfriends. You had never seen it? Nah. Okay. Wait. Every single yeah. second of me watching that was just like every couple of minutes I'd be like, Holy shit, I can't believe William Fickner is in this. Holy shit, is that Henry fucking Rollins? Yeah. Oh my god, it's so-and-so. Like, every every couple of seconds, I'd be like, holy shit, look who's in this. There was, like, 100 celebrities in that mm -hmm. fucking movie. It was great. And uh, it was fantastic. And they're boyfriends. So, <laughs> they are definitely boyfriends. I, what else? 
Uh, you bought us tickets to see the next June movie, and I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, but we haven't seen it yet. No, but uh, I've started the Count June okay. <laughs> for it, and I'm, I'm, I think about it all day, every day. Count Dune. And that's all I've been thinking about. Okay. I'm so excited. I love that. So I Have can't you- wait. Have you seen the popcorn buckets for Dune? Yes, Dune? yes, we've all seen the popcorn buckets. It's yes. very funny. <laughs> I want to get one. Oh, mm. I totally want to get one. <laughs> I was like, when does the movie come out? I don't know. John is the one who's it's in charge at the, of It's that. at the end of the month. I, we're seeing it like on March 3rd or something yeah. like that. It's like a Sunday or whatever, but so I think it comes stoked. out the that previous Thursday, whatever that is. So fucking stoked. Okay. Yeah. Does it get, maybe it comes out on Leap Day. Yeah. Le- Leap Day's coming up this year. Well... <laughs> I don't well, want to. I don't want to anger Leap Day William by seeing a movie on Leap Day. You know what happens. <laughs> oh, were you going to say something about Heat, Aubrey? I fucking love that movie. Aubrey, what do that you think about was, Heat? It is so good. Although I haven't seen it in a long ass time, I mean, it's just like one of the best movies. And like, even Christopher Nolan said that he took inspiration from the movie Heat when he started making The Dark Knight. Wow. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before, but remember when the Joker's running through the street and he falls and mm-hmm. as he falls he fires the gun that's pretty good okay, yeah well val Kilmer does that in heat i know i, I love it that, that's where it's Nolan great. got it from yeah right? <laughs> i think that that's like a direct tribute yeah. to that movie well i yeah that's what well, the thing is it's like is val Kilmer's in this what's yeah. happening every two seconds there's somebody in this movie i keep getting distracted from the actual movie by being like holy shit look who it is but um you were laughing because you were saying al pacino beat up henry rollins al pacino beat up henry rollins <laughs> What the fuck was happening on the TV screen? At one point, I had to go get John and be like, Al Pacino's beating up Henry Rollins. What's happening in this fucking movie? But I almost couldn't follow it. Do you know what I mean? It was like that. I was like, what is? There's a lot going on. But I finally understood just so many references. Mm. Whenever anyone does an impression of Robert De Niro, it's from that movie, apparently. Mm, So now I'm like, why is everyone saying this? It's that that movie. And, you know, Al Pacino, etc., but whatever. But I was to say, do y'all remember back in the nineties, right around right around after this movie came out, that bank robbery in LA, they were wearing body armor and then they had to keep and there was like a big shootout. Yeah. Okay. And everybody's all like I don't remember oh, that. It's just like in the movie Heat. Okay. Oh wow. I don't remember that, but I wonder, yeah. Is wonder. that what people were saying? Like it's just like in the movie Heat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was it was it was kinda wild because it was Very like good. two guys. In full body armor, and okay, it was interesting. I All remember right. it happened in like in the mid 90s, so I definitely remember because I remember being this is our new news. segment. Aubrey vaguely remembers <laughs> news stories from the 90s. Fascinating, I can't wait for the next one. All right, so now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. This is a special week because we're wrapping up our discussion on the Silver Surfer series. Wow, by Dan Slott and the Owl Reds. Wow. Today we're reading the final issue, which is Silver Surfer number 14 from 2017. I think this is part 12 of our discussion on this series. We've done um, 11 previous episodes on this. this now, y'all been... talked about this last time. Is this the only one that we've done all the way through or no? Well, we oh. did We did the whole first Baltimore omnibus. Okay. And then we've even done more than the first omnibus. So I think we've done the most with Baltimore. But on I wasn't podcast. there, but, but, so I don't but, care about that. Yeah. <laughs> We did All Star Superman. Oh yeah! All-Star oh, we Superman. did All Star Superman. That's right. Well, we had to finish we, that. But we did that like in in a row. Yeah, yeah. And we I had think, to do that. And though. I think we did that in six issues yeah. or six episodes. Right. So yeah. Anyway, fun really stuff. Good. So uh, issue fourteen: A power greater than cosmic. I love this cover. 
That is a great cover. Yeah, just a classic Silver oh, Surfer my pose. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's conveying so much too because in the reflection, he's there with Dawn, and they've got all this animation and you know personality, and then like him, he's just like the solitary kind of like that expressionless surfer yeah. that we that we know you know and i mean prior to this series. that's your that's your yeah. life without loving it yeah and it's sad yeah but the colors behind him and everything it's a really really nice cover i would say that through this run the colors um and various like effects and and everything like the actual technique has right. just absolutely come so far oh yeah like yeah. the development just in the series alone is Really impressive, and the, that's in, just just an incredible accomplishment. What an achievement to look at the first couple of issues and then look at this one. Yeah, yeah, is phenomenal. Yeah. So really, like, really impressed with that. Yeah, I did go back and kind of flip through, and kind of you, you, you do amazing. you do kind of see the evolution. Um, but the visual language of this series has been amazing. So if you recall yeah. um, on our last discussion, Silver Surfer and Dawn they lived out their life together. In the sixth dimension or whatever, that previous universe that Galen of Ta is from or whatever. And then Don passed away and the surfer, he spent the rest of his days there, you know, where they lived and watching Super Spore Ball and all that kind of stuff. And now when the universe is ending, he was like, all right, Don, I'm taking you home. And so we, that's where we pick up here on the threshold at the death and rebirth of all things. We see Galactus's ship. The life bringer, right? And Silver Surfer, he just kind of holds on to it and just kind of hitches a ride. I thought that was pretty good. That's pretty good. I thought it was so good. Because <clears throat> he was telling them last time that they couldn't get in it because if they did, then they might emerge as world destroyers like Galactus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also see the Alphex and the Omicron. Omicron, remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> they split apart, right? So they start going in opposite directions the to what? create the Say universe. Omicron. <laughs> Omegron, whatever it was. <clears throat> and uh, so the Silver Surfer, he had taken Dawn's energy, right? And like materialized it as this whatever, his power cosmic, right? And he his was going to. Omegrons, yes. He was going to bring it into the new universe with him. So that's where he has here. And he's like, this is the end of our story, Dawn. Know this. I will never forget you. And he like releases her energy or whatever's left of her you know into this universe yeah back into the back into our universe or their universe i guess right um so you notice you notice anything different there you know when he decides to do that yeah his well, powers it, it, look different well because he said like they look different when he was when they were in the uh, other universe right and now it's it's changed back to the kind of red and black kirby crackle kind of thing there you go change back or it's doing that for the first time. Ah. This is the first moment of this whole universe. Ah, exactly, good right? Point. Yeah. yeah. He's, now he's at the beginning of the universe. That was a conscious decision that he made. Right. So we cut to this scene of the surfer. He's talking to a, an audience of people and he's telling a story. It reminds me of when him and Don were telling the stories inside the whale or whatever, right? Yeah. It reminds me of that scene from The Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you look concerned. I want you to know she doesn't get eaten by the eels at this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. For me, like, I, I'm immediately curious, like, who is he, who's he talking to? Right. Like, who is he talking oh, to? Oh, yeah. And for a second, I'm like, is he talking to us? Is this what this is? Right. Is he talking to us? Like, is that supposed to be us this? here? Yeah, yeah, is that supposed to be us? So I was, I, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what this is going to be. He has to assure his audience. He's like... 
um, before I go any further, I want you to know, like, that was truly the last goodbye, you know? There's no bringing Dawn back. And so they're like, so you didn't have some clever cosmic-powered solution to bring her back? Because that's what would happen in a comic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what they would do to mm-hmm. give it a happy ending at the end, um, instead of something thoughtful and powerful, you yeah. know what I mean? But he's like, I'm afraid not. Do you still wish to hear my tale? And Talking so they're like, yes, please. Love persevering through true loss right. and, and grief. Right. And and how impactful that is versus just bring her back. Like, yeah. no, this is this is the point of this entire fucking story is right. that it's still worth it to love someone even if you are going to lose them and even if you have to suffer through grief. Right. It's important to feel love despite all of that because that's the whole fucking point of why our universe are fucking here anyway. Yeah. So the surfer goes on with his story and he talks about how he watches the universe take its shape and it starts becoming eternity. And he's like, but if eternity sees me, that may alter the rest of, you know, history or whatever. So he had to conceal himself. Out of reflex, I took the form of Norville, the disguise I'd been using for the last half century. But even that would not be enough. So I shifted out of phase with existence itself. And he kind of goes transparent, right? He's kind of like a ghost you know, just observing things. And he's like, this might sound to some people like it would be maddening, the solitude, but for me, it was really cool. He's like, I got to watch the Watchers evolve, and I got to watch Galactus come out of his incubacell or whatever. And when Galactus emerges, he becomes transfixed, and he has to keep following Galactus. And he watches as Galactus eats all these planets, destroys planets, and then as it gets to Zenla and transforms Norn Rat into the surfer, and then he becomes the herald, and he like he's compelled to just keep watching he's all peeping. of this. He's peeping. Yeah. He's, that's just rude, if you <laughs> ask me. I love this double-page splash, though, of all of this, oh, where yeah. he's with Galactus. I think that is so cool. And it's like, it, I think it's just so interesting. I don't know, I mean... That's I, not a splash. Those or, are panels. Okay, well, but it's a double-page... Thing. It is really yeah, good. You know, it's a double page layout, it's which very is really good. nice. It really made me think about Galactus in a different way, you know, because they talked about Galactus the life bringer and, mm. you know, Galactus the destroyer. And, right. like, he's just like a force of nature, right? He's yeah. just like, yeah. Like, what he's if like, a, what? He's like an animal. Yeah. Like, what if a tornado was, <laughs> yeah. like, just a guy and he was like, man, I hate that I have to do this. Sorry, I'm going to wreck this house. You know, that's just what I have to do. I'm a tornado and this is what I do. You know what that I mean? Sucks. And, that and would suck. And he's just like, he, he he's like, I hunger. Like, yeah. that's literally all he thinks is, like, I hunger. Yeah. I have to eat this planet. Like, you know, yeah. so anyway, I just think all that's interesting. He he he's a monster, you know what I mean. Yeah. But to him, he's just doing what he has to do. And he, finally, Galactus gets to Earth, and Silver Surfer is like, "Ah, well, this is where all the shit's gonna happen, right?" That's also we come across this scene from the first issue, right? This is the very opening of the comic book. This part's weirding me out. Yeah, right, because. They see what they think is a falling star, even Dawn, as their little girls. But it's really the surfer in the sky. It picks up where, you know, Dawn is saying her wish and she wishes the same thing as Eve. And she's like, you can't have the same wish as me, you know. And she's like, well, I wish that star could just keep going. Then everyone could get a wish and it could stay up in the sky forever. So right after all this happens, right, Eve tells her that that's the stupidest wish ever, and then her dad's like, I think that that was a really nice wish, or whatever, right? And then right after that, Norville comes up with his suitcases, you know, so we didn't get to see the rest of that scene. I just think that's so interesting. And so he comes in, and he's like, 
oh, I heard this is one of the nicest places on Earth. Yeah. And so he John, com- if we go on intergalactic, interdimensional, cosmic journeys together and then I die and then you would would you go back to the beginning of the universe so that you could come visit me as a little kid? Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting because he's he's following Galactus. Yeah. And then Galactus goes to Earth, so he's like, "Oh, I'm back on Earth now. I guess I should go check in over here yeah. and see well, what's going on." He, but doesn't he also talk about how he can't leave because can't leave. Galactus <clears throat> has uh, resurrected the barrier? Well, yeah. Well, that hasn't happened yet. It's about to oh, happen, okay. right? But um, another thing that I wanted to point out about this scene was we pick up where. Little Eve tells Little Dawn, you can't make the same wish as me. You need to wish something different. So Eve's wish, if you go back and look at that first issue, she was like, I wish I could go everywhere and do everything. Oh, right. And then Dawn's like, me too. And then she's like, no, you need to pick your own wish. And so Dawn says, I wish that star could keep going and then it could stay up in the sky forever. Dawn got both of her wishes. Yeah. She got Eve's wish to go everywhere and do everything. But then the star is the surfer. He is going to stay in the sky forever. He will. Because he's there from the beginning of time all the way through. Yeah. So I just, blah, that was so cool. I was just like, oh, my God. When you go back and you think about the actual wishes that were made in that first issue, they do both come true, I guess. So Norville, he introduces himself to Reg. And, um, yeah, he hangs out there. They have the seafood bisque, the dad's signature dish. They have a dish. big bread. There you go. I love a big bread. I love a big bread. You like bread. a big bread? Oh, yeah. The other day, or no, it was just yesterday. Yeah. I, I looked at Danielle and I said, I had this big block of cheese that I had bought, this really nice <laughs> cheese that I like. And I said, I'm just going to eat this cheese for dinner. I I'm said, just yeah. going to take a huge bite out of it. And she was like, yeah, go ahead. Do it. Yeah. Go, go ahead. And I was go like. Ahead. Do it. And so, you like. You can. I mean, you, it's your cheese. So I took a big bite of cheese and then I put some crackers in my mouth yeah. and then I ate them both together and mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a grown man. You now. are a grown man. One of life's true joys is understanding that you can just take a big bite out of a big cheese. Yeah. Anyway. No one can stop you. You can also take a big bite out of a big bread. The, ch- the trick is to marry somebody who actively encourages you to do that. <laughs> I feel. Yeah. Bread's good. Go for it. So this is the part that Aubrey was referencing. And I think this is funny because they go, anything good on TV, Mr. Rappaport? And then he op- he turns it on, and he sees the Fantastic Four fighting Galactus, and he's there, and he's like, reruns, nothing of any importance, and he turns the TV off. But just like Aubrey said, another reason he does that is because he knows that the surfer's going to be trapped on Earth for a decade. So he's like, nothing I can do about it now. Might as well just hang out. I like this part where he's thanking Reg Greenwood. He's like, thank you for your hospitality, but I'm going to get going. And he's like, you sure? You just got here. Maybe we'll see you next summer. The two little girls are like behind the dad, like watching. Yeah. You know, yeah, I thought that so was cute. really cute. Like that's, those are things that kids do. We also get the panel of the sandcastle, right? So there's a picture of this on the wall. Remember yes. when we had seen that? So that's where that image is from. And it turns out Norville Rappaport came by every summer and shared all these adventures with and them. And never ages. And never ages, I guess. Yeah. I thought this was really cute. He's like just a face in the crowd, right? Wandering through moments that would later be faded memories. And then one summer he felt it. The great barrier's down. I am free to travel anywhere in the cosmos. And I knew what I had to do. You know, there's one summer and they're like, where's Mr. Rappaport? He never came. You know, summer's almost over. And then he shows up and he's like, ah, forgive me. I had to take an important trip out of town to acquire one of these. He's got one of those little cylinders, right? And they're like, what is this? And he goes, 
Think of it as a kind of camera. <laughs> camera. <laughs> hey, do I say the word camera? Weird. Camera. 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 And then we cut back to the story and they're like, a trip out of town, really? And he's like, well, technically it was a trip out of town. <laughs> so he went, you know, he went to go get this... Uh, this little canister from Incandesa 9. That was uh, the. I like st- when he's sitting on the surfboard. Oh, that's I cute. I like when right? he's just yeah. sitting on it. That would, that would be cool to be able to do that. That would feel good, don't you think? Yeah. To be able to sit on it. It would kind of have a little bit of give. Yeah, you know what it, I mean? would, it would have a little but bit it, of it give, but for the like, most part, yeah. Yeah. I'm just imagining what that would be like, and it would be fun and cool, I think. So he takes all their pictures with this camera, right? And he's like, I never did explain to Reg why I couldn't give him a copy of those photographs or why there wasn't one to put up on the wall. He stopped asking a few years later. So finally, Norville's actually staying there when they take Dawn. Oh, and then we talked about this too. In issue one, Dawn is like welcoming in a bunch of new guests. And she's like, oh, we've had all these famous people stay here. And Norville Rappaport, too, but you wouldn't know him. Mm. But that's what she's, that's so again, guy, yeah. she's like, oh, yeah. because this is a guy that comes every summer that they've developed a relationship with and, you know, they're friendly with. So now the surfer knows that his adventures with Dawn have begun. So then now he goes and he follows and watches all of that go through, right? Where they go to the Impericon, Planet Prime, the Moon Maze of Taro. Remember where? Remember that one where they saved that little yeah. bull guy from yeah. the maze or whatever? Toomey went and found him. He's a Minotaur. Oh, Minotaur! There you go. Get yeah. it right. <laughs> we That's see very insulting to Minotaurians. We That's see a slur. John. Okay. <laughs> we see where he meets all the people from New Haven, and when they go to Euphoria, all that stuff. The Cosmic Casino. The Cosmic cas- Cosmico. Casino. The Casino Cosmico. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, yes. I really liked that. I was going back and I was flipping through that. Remember where Mephisto was in there with yeah. the gold fiddle and all that? That was great. And he got beat by that one sure guy did. that had all the arms or whatever. That was a lot of fun. Anyway. Yeah. And then he talks about when they went to Incandesa. And then they're like, yeah, we know that part. That took place on this world, my world, the hologram planet. So we reveal who he's talking to, right? Yeah. He's talking to the hologram people, and there's a Dawn there. Remember, there were two Dawns, and one stayed behind. So now there's one to come back to. Did you think that we were going to come back to this Dawn? When we left uh, Hollow Dawn, which I'm sorry, just regular Dawn, on that planet, I was just like, I was wondering what was become of her. But also, it's just like, okay, but we're going off to our own adventures with with regular Dawn. Right. OG Dawn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we reveal that the surfer's uh, on the hologram planet, and he tells them the rest of their adventures. He talks about how after they left the hollow dawn there, then they, they met the benevolent Galactus and the showdown with Warrior Zero, and back on Earth for some sad news, and a long stay on Euphoria to come to terms with it. And they're like, surfer, what aren't you telling me? And he's like, let me finish. He tells them about Dawn's final moments, asking to request to go back in time. Yeah, so those were her final moments in the universe, because then they went back, and then they ended up going all the way back to the beginning of time, and then into the previous universe. So that was it, after that happened. So when Norville watches them go, remember he's talking to the Never Queen when they go, so when they leave, he's like, ah, well now I can become the Silver Surfer, because that's it for that Silver Surfer. That Silver Surfer is not coming back. I like the way he says it, though. Yeah. The circle is complete. And the need for any subterfuge is long past. Once again, I may rejoin the universe as my true self, the Silver Surfer. Yes, and as he uses his power cosmic, we see that red and black Kirby crackle. Now he goes back to Earth. 
and he visits with Costas and Eve Greenwood, and he catches them right when they're moving out of the Greenwood Inn. They sold it. Yep, they ended up selling it. Do you think that's rough for him to see her because she looks exactly like Dawn? Maybe, yeah. Maybe. That would be rough. They're like, oh, I'm glad you caught us. We were moving right now. And he's like, I can track a mote of dust across the cosmos. I would have found you regardless. She says, sure, there's that. Also, we left a note with the neighbors. And we're on Facebook. (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. A pretty good (laughs) gag there. When Eve finds out that Dawn is gone and she's never going to see her again, you know, she takes it out on the surfer. I love a dramatic slap in the face. Yeah. I love that. She says, this is all your fault. And the surfer says, that is true, but there is a way, if you're willing, that a part of you could be with her always. And so he shows them those hollow pods. Back on Incandessa, we see that he's brought the hollow dawn, those pods, and when they put them in their sheen, that's her family there, right? So it's Reg, Eve, Costas, and the baby. I like how Reg is like, he's like, Dad, how are you? He goes, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she goes, how are you here? I like how the dad just goes, I have no idea what's going yeah. <laughs> on. Because he should be dead. But Surfer went and got his form back when the girls were little. Don says, oh, you have another holopod. Surfer, tell me you did not scan my mother. And he's like, no, the fifth holopod is not your mother. I do not want to see that lady. <laughs> she sucks. No. He says, I am leaving a part of myself. And so it's him and Yay. his Norin form, right? I thought yes. that was really cute. So that way they could stay together. I think this is interesting, too. I mean, they don't spend a lot of time talking about it, but when they made the duplicate of Dawn, they were like, this one has all your memories. It has everything. It's basically you. It's basically you, and it's going to live another life, and it's going to have to stay here. And so he's got another him there that knows everything. And, you know, and I think that's pretty interesting that there's a silver down, just regular Norrin Rad somewhere that gets to, like, part of him does get to be with Dawn. You know what I mean? Because yeah. as he's leaving... You know, Hollow Dawn, she says, what about you? You're Dawn, the corporeal one. She's gone. You'll be alone again. And he's like, yes and no. Part of her is still with me. But also a part of him is going to get to stay with her too. So I think that's interesting, even though he's not going to experience it. I wonder yeah. if that's uh, so, like a metaphor for how our lives affect the lives of others and we sort of live on mm. through others. And- sure. You know, part of us will always be whatever, whatever. Yeah, I yeah. Know. I like that. I don't know if that's what Metaphors. I'm take from that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that's, uh, that's lovely. He says, a part of her is still with me, with all of us. For you see, when I fired off that bolt of energy at the start of creation, it became the first light in the universe, forever echoing throughout all time. And on every world in existence, as endless forms of life evolved and made their way out of the dark, they all shared one thing in common, their first sight the break of day, and they all knew to give it the same name. In every alien tongue, it remains the same, Dawn. So um, when we meet Dawn, you know, you think that that's a name that's derived from the concept of Dawn, but actually the concept of Dawn is derived from her name. That's so sweet. You think about it, right? Anyway. Across um, the entire cosmos. Yes, across the entire cosmos. I like the way that the panel's... All look like rays of sunshine. Oh yeah, in an abstract yeah. form. That's yeah, cool. I like yeah. that. The the symmetry of the page. I like all the... these guys creeping out of their holes to yeah. come see the dawn. There's one like underwater. There's like a fish guy, you know, or like an Abe Sapien looking guy. I like all these guys. Yep. And the surfer says it's been that way since the beginning, since the dawn of time. And as long as suns rise, she will never be forgotten. 
Now, if you'll excuse me, my work is done. I should be going. And so the Hollow Dawn is like, bye, surfer. See you to me. And he's like, sorry, the board doesn't speak anymore. I guess it ran out of things to say. And she's like, right. Because as she flies away, it, it does talk to her, right? Or it, it winks at her. It comes back to life. That's really cute. But only she sees it. The surfer doesn't see that. So right. I thought that was really cute, too, because there was a relationship with Toomey and Don. Yeah. That was just theirs. So the surfer leaves. We see the whole family there hanging out. And they've even got the baby, too. There was one line. I, I kind of skipped over it. But the, the engineer lady, she goes, that baby's going to be tricky. We'll need an algorithm to make sure she ages right. So they'll have yeah. to like figure that out. But anyway, I thought that, that was funny. So they've got the whole family there. They all get to stay there. But as the surfer is leaving, the Norn Rad that's left there, he has all his memories, and he's like, he didn't tell you the whole story. At the start of time, as the universe was still forming, still in flux, he made a choice. Though this is the end of our story, Don, know this. I will never forget you. Like a young lover carving his sweetheart's initials into a tree. Don't he... do that. <laughs> He chose the energy signature for the power cosmic, and he dedicated it to her, red with black dots. So yeah. sweet. I so love there you that. Go. I like that he chose the energy signature for the power cosmic. Yeah. That's fucking cool yeah. that right. you can awesome. just do that. That's great. Well, he's coming from one universe into the next, and he's yeah. like, you know, and then we see when he powers off that first blast, yeah. you know, we see that change from he the blue with squares it. and everything. But then if you go back and, you know, it, ha it it's giving like a canon for, you know, something that's probably been in the comics forever. You know what I mean? Which is that cur it's definitely been in this comic, you know. I just, mm -hmm. uh, what a what a dedication. That's, yeah. a big, that's a big deal. That is a power that will forever flow through him. The love and memory of her, a power greater than cosmic. The universe beckons, the surfer says. Come, let's see some new stars. And he's like shooting off that power cosmic there, so... Anywhere and everywhere, hang on. That's the end of the whole series. You know, we've kind of spread this out over like years probably, or at least a year. When I read it, I read like these last couple issues like all in one go or whatever. And it was very emotional, you know, when I got to this last issue. Like I was oh, just yeah. like, I was I was filled with a lot of emotion and a lot of just like you know, it's 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 really I thought it was really powerful the way that they, they do that and and they don't bring Dawn back. I mean, they kind of give us the happy ending, and then they don't. You know what I mean? Because they kind of give us the the living with grief, but then they, you know, but there's another Norin somewhere that's gonna get to stay with Dawn and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I thought it was you couldn't have had a better ending than that. You no, know what I, mean? I don't. Well, yeah, you almost get two endings. You know what I mean? You you get the happy well, I mean, ending, and then you get the one that's that's in line with the surfer's character. But but also he did get to spend like the rest of Dawn Greenwood's life with her. Like they like spent like fifty plus years in the in the previous universe. Right. Yeah. They were all together. And so, you know, I mean that's that's something in and of itself, you know, just be able to live with somebody and grow old with them. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, that that's the best that he could have gotten, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean being with someone who's mortal. You know, as I was going through this, um, I couldn't help but I was skipping, skipping a lot through the previous issues because I wanted to get all the references and stuff like that. And then I couldn't just, I couldn't help but just like start reading like some of the other stories and stuff like that. It was really good. Reading some of the other stories. I was asking you guys to maybe come up with some of your favorite moments or just some things that stood out to you throughout this series. Anything that you I guys love, want to mention? I love Plorp. I love the Never Queen. Mr. Plorp. And the, yeah, that was great. I loved the... The use of those characters in this kind of like abstract, you had to think about it a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like all the um, weird visual vehicles that 
this <laughs> they weren't afraid to just get super weird with it. Yeah. I like when Doctor Strange was there. Oh yeah. I like when the comic is all weird, like a big weird puzzle, like a Mobius strip and whatnot. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was cool. Yeah. I like when they, I like that they took chances on on this series. They really like weren't afraid to just be silly with it and and yeah. still tell really powerful stories that affected you emotionally. But they, you know, it's 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 still a comic book, so they're just like we're just gonna go absolutely batshit right, wacky right. with this. I love that when I was reading this series, I was just like with a smile on my face because it was just so good. It was just so whimsical but serious and just it, it's everything a comic is you know it's just like you can't do this medium in another form i mean you can but not it really, wouldn't be as know. whimsical though yeah, it wouldn't. yeah i mean and you wouldn't be able to do like that mobius strip one no I yeah mean, <laughs> certainly um uh, i mean granted there they would be ways to do that but no what you're just... saying is there's a reason this medium exists yeah and i and, agree but... with you all the different moments with like the family. I like how like Serpent was all like, Hey, your dad is like, he's pressed meat and destroyed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. so you're Everything saying good writing. This. You're saying excellent illustration. You're saying oh. good stuff all around. All around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Conceptually, I mean, conceptually, it is everything that you liked as a kid when you were reading comics. You're oh, like, yeah, this is goofy yeah. and I love it. Oh, yeah. It expands um, your imagination. It allows you to just sort of like, you know, when you were a kid, you just did that all day. You're just yeah. like, what if this? And that's what they're doing here, which I, I really I really dug that. But it's in a way that cuts to the core of you emotionally. And um, I think that it's important to be able to, like you said, Aubrey, kind of get all of that yeah. in one yeah. go. I can also see some of Dan Slott's uh, inspirations in his writings, like his Star Trek inspiration and sure. his Doctor Who inspiration. Oh, yeah. Like... The whole um, him living another life with her and growing old with her is like straight out of a Star Trek episode where Captain Picard goes and lives in another entire another life in, in a brief moment. And then leaving that other version of himself with that other version of Dawn is like this one thing that happened in Doctor Who. I oh, mean, it was pretty okay. cool. But I like how he didn't copy it. He, he drew inspiration from it. Sure. Yeah. As I was going through, I loved the humor. <clears throat> I thought the humor was really great in this series. The visual humor and just like the way that all the humor worked in tandem. When the surfer and Don first meet, I don't know if you remember, he's kind of cold to her initially. And she oh, yeah. and she goes, There's no place like home. And she's like, It's from this movie. He's like, I know what the Wizard of Oz is. I've seen it a million times. It's been transmitted across the spaceways. I know all your references. I know every blade of grass on Earth. I know everything. And then later she introduces him to Reg Greenwood when she brings him back to the Greenwood Inn for the first time. And Reg goes, Oh, and who's the shiny statue? And the surfer just stands totally still and he goes, Oil can. Huh? Oil can. <laughs> and then he's like, see, I told you. <laughs> I just thought that was like little moments like that where like they set it up and then they call it back yeah. in a really just yeah. fun way. You know, the humor was really good in this. Oh, and then I got to say, I fucking love Dawn Greenwood. I think she was an amazing character and it was just, she was just so much fun. She brought out a, a side to surfer that we don't ever really get to see. Right. You know? And that's tough to do because people hate women characters <laughs> in just in general so it's 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 yeah. tough what what a thing to take on your shoulders yeah we're gonna make a whole new one i forgot yeah. if it She's was a romantic interest as well one of the book club members i forget if i think it was hayden said that he thought 
Oh, Dan Slott just put a manic pixie dream girl in with the Silver Surfer. See, people but it's are like, really ready to hate. But it's but it's yeah. it's, it's it's so much more than that, you know. Um, another thing that I liked, and I'm sure it's not the first comic to do it, but especially in the beginning, they really focused on everybody sees the Silver Surfer and they freak out because he's a destroyer of worlds. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. and there's mm-hmm. a there's a mm-hmm. whole thing about him having to live with that guilt, and when he has to reveal to Don that he killed how, I don't know how many people, and all this kind of stuff, and you know, I thought that that was really interesting too, how they show how the rest of the universe sees the Surfer, you know, and how they react to him. Uh, I don't know if you remember when they're on the in Paracon, and the whole planet is going to explode or whatever, and then Norn he's like. Oh, everyone that's here on the Empiricon, you got to get out of here. And then they're like, it's a hoax, whatever. And then he's like, fine. Lo and behold, I'm the Silver yeah. Surfer. Blah, blah, blah. And then they go, oh, no, run for your lives. It's really you know, good. So. Like, ah! <laughs> Just stuff like that, I think, is, you know, I, I, I think it's, I don't know how many comics I've read where they're like, oh, my God, the Surfer, you know, he's going to kill us all. You know what he's I mean? Like, like, fine. Right. I'll do it. I'll do the thing. God. I think you guys both hit on the the main points is, you know. The, the use of these abstract concepts in the comic, I think, were so creative and so neat. I mean, you know, on the recent issue where you had Eternity bringing his fingertips together to bring both sides of the universe to meet and stuff like that. I mean, all that stuff is amazing. These were This was a group of people that were like, look, we're making comic books. Yeah. Let's fucking do it then. Let's go oh, yeah. all the way with it. And I, I appreciate that. Not that Silver Surfer has been written bad before, but I feel like if you... <laughs> In in pre- previous to reading this comic, if someone was like, pick an actor to play the Silver Surfer, you'd probably just like pick someone who could just be like a buff man and just like serious, you know what I mean, and just like stoic and stoic. boring. Yes, pretty much, you yeah. know. But but when you read a, a this, guy the, that you can watch a guy that you can watch TV on his abs. Yeah, yeah you gotta watch TV on his abs. <laughs> But like this is like you would to do this this kind of surfer you would need someone who had range and who could do comedy and who could do charismatic yeah and all that kind of stuff and I mean he's oh yeah he, and they spend so much time with him being silvered down that whole concept of him being silvered down is that new to this comic or I I had never seen that before to be honest yeah I don't think I had either I think that's really interesting too the idea that the surfboard has its own personality and it's a character too surfboard. you know what I mean. I think that that's really neat. You know, going back and really thinking about it, I, I wonder how much stuff this comic introduced to the surfer that had not been done before, you know? Probably yeah. a lot. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. It's one of my favorite comics of all time. I'm glad I got to share it with you and Aubrey, read the whole thing together. And the rest and, um, of the book club members, And Sean. the rest of the book club members as well. I'm, I hope that you guys enjoyed the ending, and I'm excited to hear what you guys thought. Let us know what your favorite moments from the comic were, or, you know, what concepts resonated with you really good discussion on this series and um it's also just a really poignant examination of m- moving through grief it really is and i think yeah. that yeah. if i were yeah, to go back totally. through that and really sit with that and because the first time i read it i'm like plowing through it you know right but if i were to go if i were to go back and really try to examine that i wonder how much of that would really resonate and and what i would i'm sure that there's so much more to explore and and find right, yeah in their little nuances and things like that of like representationally sure but also you know just straight pathos i don't oh, yeah. know i feel like there's just there's a there's a lot there and it's um like we say you know it's it's spectacular and it's it's goofy but it's also very poignant in a lot of ways and i think that um they're not afraid to pack all that into one thing so like i i just sort of 
was reading this as fast as I possibly could just now because I was like, oh man, last issue. I'm really excited yeah, yeah. to read it. But if I really go back and think about, um, I don't know. It's just, it seems like they really, they, they did it in such a complex way, but it's also presented so simply. I think that it could, yeah. uh, I, I would like to hear, I don't know, I guess if anyone's been impacted by a profound grief like this if this how did this resonate with you and mm, okay that sort of thing not to bring it down but, but we all have to you know live with that and live through that and what do you do after that and how do you you know manage that and i think that there's it's it's horrific but there's also something beautiful about it yeah of persevering and finding joy in the fucking right remains of that in the the aftermath of a catastrophic loss like what is left yeah and um yeah how to reconcile with that i just think that's just so fascinating yeah i mean that scene where mama hub is talking to don and don's just crying and all that stuff i mean that was really you know that was a really beautiful moment and when don you know when she when her life ended in the second to last issue you're like they gotta do something you know what i mean they're they got one more issue and they, they're gonna do something you know what i mean and I don't know. It's just a, a really interesting way for them to wrap up that whole storyline. Having the surfer like have to live through time all over again and all that kind of stuff. I just thought it was really cool how they wrapped up the series in, in one issue and made it, you know, satisfying. You got both endings, yeah. you got satisfaction, but you also had this weird thing with Norville that got tied up and I don't know. It just I'm reading this for the second time with you guys, you know, after already having read it once. So you really do get a lot more reading it the second time, picking up on all those little details that they lay out. You know, I like when a team has a mastermind, you know what I mean? Like they have a complete plan. They from And you know that these guys, you know, they, they must have plotted this out from the beginning, you know, knowing how it was going to end. So like finding beauty in love, knowing that there is going to be loss in that story is I seems like that was their main goal. Mm, like this, they right. set all this up for us to love them together and love what they go through together to be like, okay, here it comes. You know, it seemed inevitable, but it is inevitable for everyone. Right. So right. to tell us, yeah. to not shy away from telling that story, I think that takes a lot of courage. It takes guts to try and tell it in this fashion. That's, I mean, what a big homework assignment to give yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Why would you do it? Why would Unless you, do you could it? pull it off, and they did. Yeah, they sure did. So, there you go. What a yeah. team. Yeah. Um, I would love to see them reunite for something else in the future. And, uh, they're too busy working on stuff, they're John. They're too busy working on stuff. But, man, the Owlreds are incredible. Yeah. I mean, this series, what can you say? I mean, you know, Dan Slott, I, I've read a bunch of his stuff, and I love his stuff. I've let, I've read a lot of the Owlred stuff, too. But this team was just great. But he couldn't have done it without the Owlreds. I mean, their art, oh, their, totally. their colors, the visual language of this comic. It no, just, well, that's why they're a team. Yeah. That's why it they gives teamed a, up yeah, to do this, John. They've got a team. Yeah. Yeah. There's no I in team. There's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, um, I'm excited to hear your guys' thoughts on the Silver Surfer, on this series, and the ending. And anything else that you guys have? Any other thoughts that you have on this series? And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. That was the final issue of the Dan Slot, Mike Alred, and Laura Alred Silver Surfer series. I loved it. We loved it. You know, well, obviously, we just said talking about it. I want to know what you thought. Send us a hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. And as always, you can always find all of our resources on our Podbean website and our link trees on our socials. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Carter Hahn for the listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. 
Thank you. Thank you uh, to Only Beast for the wonderful theme song. Well, check out their new uh, album, Long Con. Thanks, Abby. Get it from their website. You find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. Every little bit helps. And if you're enjoying the show, tell a friend. Everybody wants to be a book club member. Do it. Next week, we're going back to Baltimore and we're reading The Cult of the Red King 1 and 2. So you guys know what to do. About them trades, digitals, omnis, floppies, if you have them, and join us next week at Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm Comic Books. And I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying, I have no idea what's going on. Yay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.